So uh, I was sick last Sunday, nothing major, uh, but it was a stomach bug, turned into a fever, and in the interest of not being patient zero, I decided to stay home and I did not leave my bedroom for two days, almost three. In one of my more fevered moments, I kept thinking about how just the littlest increase in body temperature made such a huge difference in how I felt. 99 degrees, you know, not great, but I was okay. 101, it was awful. I wanted someone to come and put me out of my misery. It's possible I sent a very overly dramatic text to Pastor Chad telling him that I wasn't going to be here. <laughs> Everything was awful. I was not okay. And while I was laying there, I kept on coming back to this one thought. We're so fragile. Two degrees makes such a difference. I've been working in my own life to be more present to stay where I am, to not focus too much on the past or the future. And I discovered that is a really hard practice when you are sick. When you're feeling awful, staying present is almost impossible. You just want it to be over with and done with and feeling good. And I think this is hard to do when you are sick like I was or when you're scared or grieving or feeling any way but great. And that's because these moments where we don't feel good or something's not going well make us vulnerable. They make us realize how vulnerable we are, and sitting in our vulnerability is very uncomfortable. It has changed how I viewed today's gospel, as in a very weakened state, I sat down to write this week. I think when our vulnerability is exposed, we tend to react in a few ways, right? We either over-prepare, or we panic. We're very aware of how this is working right now in our world. But the bottom line is that an awareness of our vulnerability makes us uncomfortable. One of the places where our vulnerability is the most exposed is the wilderness. Every first Sunday in Lent, no matter what the year, no matter what gospel we are spending time in, begins with this story. This story of Jesus sent into the wilderness and being tempted. We hear of Jesus fasting and of praying and being out there for 40 days. We hear this every year as we begin our 40 days in Lent. These days begin on Wednesday, Ash Wednesday, which was this past week, where we were marked with a cross of ashes on our foreheads and we heard the words, from dust you came and to dust you shall return. Which, if you were with us, on uh, this past Wednesday, you heard Pastor Chad remind us is a really weird thing that we all do together. We say this phrase as a kind of reminder that we are fragile, we're fallible, and none of us are going to live forever. We begin our 40 days in the wilderness by saying we're all going to die, which we do not like. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear it at all. We call it the imposition of ashes, which I love because it is actually an imposition, right? It is not comfortable. We don't like it. But Lent is a season for not pretending. It is a season in the wilderness. And yes, from this Sunday on, we will hear stories outside of the wilderness from Jesus, but all the way up to Palm Sunday. But for us, us sitting here now, we are still in it. We're just starting it. 
for 40 more days. And a lot of us say, you know, no, no thanks. I'll see you at Easter. It's much more my style. And I'm not talking about nature, right? Not just like going on a, a little hike in a park in the, in the city somewhere. I'm talking about wilderness. As author and professor, Episcopal priest Barbara Brown Taylor, she's a prophet, I love her, she once said, you'll know you're in a wilderness if something there can kill you. If there was never any danger, then it wasn't wilderness, it was a park. I think wilderness is key to this section of scripture, and it is key to our Lent in general. Now, the prosperity gospel, kind of pie-in-the-sky kind of gospel might tell you, you know, resist, just resist the wilderness. You can do it. That's the point, right? I mean, Jesus is tempted, and he resisted, so when we're tempted, we should resist. Amen. That's it. We can all go home, right? God has brought you to it. God will bring you through it. Just pray. Everything will get better. Or you might hear that we need not fear wilderness at all because there's always resurrection on the other side. Yes, that one I actually think is very true. But none of these trite phrases and kind of poor theology take into consideration time spent in wilderness, how much time it is. And partly this is because we're always looking at Easter. And I get it, Easter's awesome. We call ourselves Easter people, right? But when we jump too quickly to Easter, we jump to an easy answer, a happy resolution where everything is wrapped up in an uncomplicated and joyful bow. When we jump too quickly to Easter, we miss the wilderness. And we're in it for 40 days. We don't actually, in the church, get to just jump quickly to Easter. We stay in the wilderness for Lent. And that's why I kind of like Lent. The older I get, the more hard things me and my loved ones go through, the more I realize that Lent is the most real we get in church. Wilderness is not comfortable. It is hard. And those of you who have been in the wilderness or who are in it right now, you know. You know that being in the wilderness is not the same as giving up chocolate or staying off of Facebook. Not that there's anything wrong with those, but that's not wilderness. The wilderness, the one we hear of today, the one that we enter into during Lent, is a place where we are stripped of all of our masks and false identities and we lose our crutches and strength. It is a place where we are left the most vulnerable. Barbara Brown Taylor defined wilderness as any place you realize you can be broken. And that is different for everyone. I think we walk in and out of wilderness our whole lives long. Illness and grief and loss and struggle anytime life breaks you down or open. It is different for everyone, but it is all wilderness. Now, our culture would have you believe that wilderness, you know, true wilderness, is something that can be avoided if we just try hard enough, right? It can be avoided by having faith. You know, if you the right kind of faith, or you say or believe the right thing, pray hard enough with the right words, you know, just live a good life and be a good person. Again, Barbara Brown Taylor said, when you said you had faith, what you meant was you had faith this wouldn't happen to you. We all believe this at some point or another. But that is the first thing the wilderness strips away. And when we realize that this wilderness cannot be 
avoided, that it is part of life, then we start to think, well, at, at least I can prepare for it, right? I can prepare. Just make sure you've got the right gear, right? The right tools. Just know your verses. That's what Jesus does, after all. He quotes scripture, right? In my own young religious education, I was taught that Jesus used scripture to defend himself in the wilderness, so that is what we should do. Arm yourself with the word of God, I heard. You can resist anything, as if a Bible verse could cure cancer, prevent heart attacks, or make my grief stop. How unhelpful I find that sometimes, or most of the time. It is in the wilderness where we realize we can be broken, where we are most aware of how fragile we are and how vulnerable we are. We could die here, we feel. And we begin these days with that very reminder. Yes, you will die here. And this, when we are most aware of our vulnerability, of our mortality, this is where the temptations come in. Temptations about power and provision. Who will you rely on and who will you trust when you are stripped to nothing but your mortality? Just listen to these temptations. If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. Hey, hey, you can provide for yourself, you know? Look at you. You're so awesome. You got yourself some bootstraps. You don't need anyone but yourself. You have got this. Sound familiar? This is our whole world. We pride ourselves on our self sufficiency, our ability to do it all on our own, to not need anybody. Reliance on someone else is seen as a weakness, even. When I was first doing youth ministry in a, in a church in a wealthy, unnamed suburb near Minneapolis, I had a young person say to me, you know, Natalia, I have a car and I have money and my parents kind of let me do whatever I want, so what do I really need God for? You can provide for yourself, right? You can do it. You don't need God. You've got everything you need. If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, and God will command angels to protect you. This is a test, right? Let's just, let's just see real quick. Don't take a lot of time on it, but just see real quick. If God loves you as much as we hear God does, let's see if God will really provide for you. We've all done this, right? We all have our God, if you're real, fill in the blank moment. We've all had it. And you're smiling because you know I'm telling the truth and you know exactly the moment you're thinking of right now, which was yours, right? God, if you're real, just don't let this thing happen to me. God, if you're real, just give me one more, one more paycheck. God, if you're real, take this struggle away from me. Make my person better. Make me better. If you're the son of God, look out over the world. I will give you all the kingdoms and all of their splendor if you just worship me. Hey, I, I can provide for you. I'll take care of you. I'm the only one who can. I can give you so much more than God can. We hear this often, 
right? We place our hope in false saviors all the time. Just take a look at politics. I hate to break it to you, but no candidate, no nominee, no president will ever save you. And all of these temptations are about provision because the wilderness is dangerous and it makes us vulnerable and we're uncomfortable when we're vulnerable, so we just want to get out of that feeling as fast as possible. You know what? I'll take care of it myself. I got this. You know, I, I'm going to make sure... I'm going to make sure God is really there before I go fully in. You know what? Yes, it seems like my current candidate will provide all the hope and good news I need for right now. Thank you very much, God. I'm good. Jesus doesn't just easy button his way through the wilderness. He was famished and exhausted, and his own vulnerability was very exposed in this moment. And we watch this morning as he pushes back against the temptation, the very real temptation to put our trust in anyone or anything else. And that's where we find ourselves this morning, right in this same wilderness. The truth of Lent is that wilderness is unavoidable, just as sure as our Ash Wednesday promise that death is unavoidable. It is a part of being alive. Lent asks us to sit in the complicated and uncomfortable place of trusting in God when it is the hardest thing we have ever done. When we sit in it, it changes us. Jesus does not leave the wilderness the same as when he went into it, and neither do we. And this is why I've come to just love this season in the church. It feels weird to love the like minor key sad season in the church, but I love it because it feels so real life. It is not just skipping it all and going to that happy ending of Easter and we will get there, we will, and I will sing Christ the Lord is risen today at the top of my lungs with the best of you. But for now, for these 40 days, we just sit in it. We sit in the wilderness. Barbara Brown Taylor talked about how wilderness hollows you out, that Jesus left the wilderness hollowed out so that God could enter in. And I love that image. That is what wilderness does when we are broken, open, and hollowed out by our grief or our pain or our fear. And the promise is that it is not where we begin and it is not where we will end, but right now it's where we are. And as much as it's hard and uncomfortable, I ask you to be in it with me for these next 40 days. Because God always, always meets us in the wild places, in the wilderness, where we have nothing left. God meets us there, meets me there, meets you there. So sit with me. We don't sit alone. So we have been forgiven and we have been fed and now we are sent. And we are sent into a world that feels a lot like a wilderness for a lot of us. Uh, on Wednesday night, Pastor Chad had a great analogy about the cross on our forehead. He mentioned that it's not the first one we've received there, right? We had a cross placed on our forehead in our baptisms. And that, that was sort of like a, 
Scotchgard, I said Teflon at the first service, I was just about to say it again. Uh, Scotchgard against that smudge of dirt, that reminder that, it, that, that death that is proclaimed over you on Ash Wednesday does not stick in the end, right? That you are named something first. You are named and claimed, and then you are forgiven and fed and sent. That named and claimed part matters as we head out into the wilderness. Uh, and so I have a poem to read for you. Uh, by Jan Richardson. We love her around here. We read her plenty of times. She wrote a poem for this very text, this very Sunday, the Sunday where we are sent into the wilderness. It is called Beloved is Where We Begin. If you would enter into the wilderness, do not begin without a blessing. Do not leave without hearing who you are. Beloved, named by the one who has traveled this path before you. Do not go without letting it echo in your ears. And if you find it is hard to let it into your heart, do not despair. That is what this journey is for. I cannot promise this blessing will free you, free you from danger, from fear, from hunger or thirst, from the scorching of sun or the fall of night. But I can tell you that on this path, there will be help. I can tell you that on this way, there will be rest. I can tell you that you will know the strange graces that come to our aid only on a road such as this, that fly to meet us bearing comfort and strength, that come alongside us for no other cause than to lean themselves toward our ear and with curious insistence whisper our name. Beloved. Beloved, go in peace to love and serve the Lord. <laughs>